Discover College Soccer is proud to have VO as a partner, and on February 22nd, VO is launching a game changer in sports tech, and you are invited to the exclusive online reveal that will happen at 2 p.m. Eastern on February 22nd. Get ready for a major leap in sports recording and live streaming. We can't wait to see you there. I can't wait to hear what they have in store for us. Just click the link here in the show notes, and we'll see you there. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Discover College Soccer. Today, I'm lucky enough to be joined by Coach Alex up at Northern Michigan. Welcome, Coach. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, Matt. Yeah, thanks for being here. I, I have a feeling uh, your temps are a little colder than uh, Bradenton, Florida today, but uh, I think we're, we'll both survive, right? That's right. We're surviving. That's right. <laughs> Well, hey, we're talking here end of January 2024. Yeah. It's uh, kind of the, you know, maybe maybe you're headed down here this weekend for ECNL Florida event. I don't know, uh, but we're we're in the the throes of the college showcase season. So what what right. is your kind of recruiting calendar right now? Are you done with the 24s and you're moving on to 25s? Are you still wrapping up a couple things? What's your normal calendar look like? Yeah, I think I think we're just like everybody else, probably just wrapping up a few things. We've got most of our 24 class done, but we've got a couple spots left and and we always want to keep it competitive. I don't think recruiting ever really stops, uh, whether it's for the current year or next year. So we're definitely on to 25 and, and we're excited about some of the guys that have shown interest. But we're also going to be quite a young team next year. So, you know, it, it it's not like um, where we feel like we've got a lot to replace in 25. So we really want to focus on finishing up this class strong and and uh, getting out really to the local our local clubs in the Midwest and 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 making those relationships that I don't think were necessarily made prior to me being here. Um, so we're just trying to get in, in our region specifically. Like, hey, this is a this is a really unique place to go to school. It's not a, a dime or dozen college campus that's in the Midwest. Like we're in a we're in a pretty special place. So um, for, for the right kids that are still looking for places, and and I'm just amazed at the amount of talent that's not committed for 2024 uh, at this at this late juncture. So there's still a lot of good players out there, and and we get a ton of interest every day. So we're just trying to get out to as many as as I said Midwest clubs as we can just to finish off this class. So in terms of, uh, I mean, you mentioned the clubs, but in terms of events, kind of what's on your your hit list for events that that you like to go to to go see players at? Well, there's always the MLS next. I mean, that's where we start. So I think th those are big events to go to, you know, coming from the world I was at where uh, you almost had an unlimited recruiting budget. You could get to all of them and and there was barely a dent. Um, but now, you know, we're we're a division two state school, so we don't want to uh, have unlimited funds just to to kind of jet set like the D1 world. Um, so we've got to be pretty particular with with what we're doing. So right now we're focusing on. MLS next events and their league games that we can get to and see all the local clubs and local, I mean, within the Midwest region. So all, my, all the MLS next academies, MLS academies that, that play in the Midwest, we're making a focus on getting to those league games in addition to, you know, the flex in Maryland coming up in, in May or or getting out to GA Cup if we can or, or the showcase in, in Phoenix over the winter break. Okay. Well, do you guys do you guys do any ID camps or do you or your staff work external camps? Are they a part of your recruiting process? Yeah, absolutely. So we have two or three ID camps a year. And I think that's a big piece as well, um, is that it shows who really wants to come here. You know, a lot of and we have to be honest with ourselves. A lot of a lot of kids are going to look at the map and say no chance. But the ones that make the effort to come and really are excited about our location, which is a fantastic place. Um 
you know, the camps are, are a big part of that because it shows the effort getting up here. So we actually have a camp coming up in February. We have good number sports, so we still have a few spots left, um, February 17th and 18th. So that'll be our winter camp. So it showcases our our superior dome, which is, you know, full field, full length, full width, you know, indoor facility where, you know, we can, we can work on the functional things that we want to work on. Uh, but it also gives campers the opportunity to, to see what it's like to be a student athlete here during this time frame. And then we have the summer camp, which, again, gives a lot of options for, for guys that want to come up here because it's in the summertime. It's beautiful here. So um, those are a big part of our recruiting uh, process because, as I told you, the, it, it gets the kids on campus. And now they see how special Northern is, and, and it makes that discussion a little bit easier, to be honest. Yeah, as, as someone who has vacationed before in the Upper Peninsula of yeah. Michigan in the summer, it is, uh, it's a great time to be up there. Um, well, one thing that you notice when you look at your roster now, and, and a lot of Division Two men's rosters, is there's some international flair there. Um, For sure. How, how much is uh, international recruiting a part of what you do each year, and has the transfer, transfer portal changed uh, how you recruit at all? Yeah, I think those are those are big questions. So from an international standpoint, yeah, we're probably in the 40-60 range ratio. Um, and I think internationals bring bring a lot of different um things to the table in terms of their quality on the ball and, and those things. But but really as what I see as uh, as great characters in a culture, you know, it's it's nice to have that diverse culture within your locker room. So um and and I've been in some locations that aren't as friendly to international recruiting in terms of the admissions process. And I think Northern Michigan has made a real strong push to, to be a little bit more active in, the, in that regard to with, with students, not just athletes, but across the board, bringing in more diverse international student bodies. So um, it's made the transition for international athletes really, really healthy here. So they do, they do thrive here. Um, but we, yeah, we, in terms of like the, the full landscape, we do look at the portal, but, but not as ton as you'd think uh, because why are you in the portal? There's so many kids in the portal. You know, there's something like 900 Division One players that are still out there, 700 at the Division Two level. So that's over over 1,500 college soccer players that are on the portal right now. Uh, what? Why? Why is that? And 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 is that the player we we really want to bring into the locker room? So we have to do our homework on that. Um, is it is it better to go through the junior college route where someone's played two years, they have that experience, and it's natural to move on? you know, and in that junior year as a junior college player versus, you know, a current freshman that wants to transfer already. Why, why was it tough? Did you not play a lot? Are you not willing to be resilient and push through that? What, what was the, what are the dynamics of the school? Like, there's a lot of things that kind of go into that choice of, all right, I'm going to transfer. And so sometimes it's healthier to just be at the natural place with a, with a player, whether it's an upcoming freshman or junior college transfer, or maybe an international player that um, that is taking a gap year and and done some university abroad, and is coming in as maybe a twenty or twenty one year old. So there's all different dynamics and and how they fit into your, to your team, both as as players, but really as people as well. Like how are those cultures, um, different perspectives on life based on their age and where they are. How's that going to fit your locker room? So those it's it's not a um, perfect science. I think everybody. Everybody will tell you that as recruiting, it's it's trying to find the right makeup, and and so we look we look at all avenues from a recruiting standpoint. But for us right now, when you know being only a, about a year and a half into this job, we really wanted to make an effort to bring in more Midwest high level MLS next players because I don't think they were aware of our university 
prior. Um, it just it's it's a smaller school. It's a little bit out there in terms of getting here. But once you recognize that, you know, we're in a really tough conference, we have a really, really strong athletic department with great facilities and, and the support of the, the university, which makes it really, really nice place to play and to work. And then kind of what you realize, it's also a different experience here. It's not in the middle of nowhere campus. Like we're literally on the side of the lake. So the guys leave the field and they're jumping in Lake Superior here to start the recovery. Like it's just a, it's a different world. And, and so some some players are looking for a different experience than the normal Midwest college campus experience where you're just kind of in your bubble here. You can get out and explore the world. And um, and it's just it's just different. So um, that that's kind of been our push is, is to really you know, let the Vardars of the world know and and the Wolves and SC Wave and all the Chicago clubs that have great talent. Like, hey, we're only five, six hours away and, and we can give your kids a, di a different option as well as we're, we're really cheap in terms of tuition as compared to a lot of other schools our size, um, you know, because we're a state we're a state institution and that really helps. And we have great academic packages as well for for out-of-staters. Yeah. It's almost better for out-of-state players academically, scholarship-wise, than in-state. Wow. So a Wisconsin kid's gonna gonna get more ac academic scholarship for the same for the same GPA as a as a Michigan kid. It's it's crazy how it works out. So um, and and we're you know we're four or five hours to Milwaukee, so it's 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 not too far away, and and they're they're kind of closer than Detroit, and there's some good players there. So we're really trying to to maximize the the local recruiting as well as um, the international junior college, a little bit of transfers, and then players that are out there in the MLS next world that are kind of getting left through the cracks. We'll take chances on guys like that, that, that are good people and, and come highly rated because um, they can perform and, and play at our level and, and make an impact right away. And, and those kids are sometimes the hungriest, you know, Haziel, our, our freshman of the year, he came from uh, San Diego, right? San Diego to Northern Michigan. Everyone's, how do you get a kid like that? Well, you know, sometimes they fall through the cracks and, and, uh, you know, Hazi's a little undersized, and, and I know a lot. A lot of guys maybe don't like that. And he came in and and through some fortune played a lot, and ended up getting freshman of the year. You know, those so there's a lot of kids that that are kind of right now that are still unsigned, uncommitted that can play and make an impact at our level for sure right away. And I think um, that's almost lost in this time frame in terms of recruitment. Like some players would would rather go to a Division One or higher higher level Division Two, and with the risk of not getting a chance to play uh, and, and they're okay with that, you know, and, and guys that come here, they're going to get a chance to play right away. Yeah. no, They'll At least earn it. Sure. Absolutely. Well, besides uh, having the United States's largest natural cold plunge in your backyard. Um, yeah, that's right. Talk to us a little bit more about the school. I mean, uh, you're yeah. up in the UP, but I'm sure there's folks not familiar with, with the university, you know, you've been there, uh, a little bit now so kind of give me your highlights what are some really cool things about the school that maybe you haven't mentioned that maybe we won't find just going through the website yeah for sure so i think one of the one of the cool things is the amount of different degrees they have here and also like niche degrees for specific people so for instance if, if you're really an outdoors person they've got um, outdoor recreation management as a degree you know if people want to be you know work in department after resources or or um you know, be in that industry, like the recreation industry, um, there, there's a lot of that. So there's there's really specific degrees like that. We have a really good sports science <clears throat> sports science degree 
where you could kind of take a different concentration and go more as an athletic trainer. You could go into sports management. You could actually go specifically into sports science and then into our master's program. So I think there's a really um, natural um, sense of, of recreation and health up here and well-being. That's a big part of the university. Um, you also get a university that's that's kind of mid-sized. So there's about 7,000 undergrads. So it's not it's not tiny, right? It's not like a high school, um, but it's certainly not as big as some of these other schools where your student-teacher ratio is pretty low. It's 20 to 1. You know your professors. They know us. So there's a real sense of community up here. Um, but because I think, for instance, because of the Division One hockey and some of the history that's up here in athletics, uh, just, just because of, you know, Mariucci and Tom Izzo coming from the UP, you know, there, there's a real sense of uh, of pride around Northern Michigan athletics because we're the sort of the biggest campus in the UP. So um, the guys are treated like pro athletes. And it really shows. And again, being at some Division One institutions prior to this, um, I see no difference in how our athletes are treated. And I think that's a really special piece. Whether you're men's soccer or ice hockey or uh, volleyball or football, I think all the athletes are treated really well here and 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 really regarded within the community. So that's a special touch. But Marquette itself as a community, it's it's your typical college town, seaside town. Uh, there's always something going on. So for instance, uh, there was a cross country to you know race that went on. Last weekend at the Dome, there's the UP 200, which was like a um, dog sled race that's coming right through downtown Marquette in a couple of weeks. So you would think wintertime, there's probably not a lot going on. There's probably more in the winter. You know, there's there's just always events and, and things going on at the Dome. And, and our players and, and our student athletes are are intertwined with that. And I think that's a really special experience that maybe has been lost in the, in the era of big time Monday athletics where you kind of get lost in shovel here, you're part of the community and it, it's really true. So whether you're, you know, from here or not, I don't think it matters to the local community. It's it's just a really special place. So, uh, but there's also a lot of natural beauty, you know, it's, it's, it's just a picturesque location for, for a school, but certainly our field, you know, it's, it's unreal in terms of the views we get. And um, yeah, so it, it, it makes for an interesting dynamic for, for the right person. Um, that wants to explore and, and get out there and, and kind of be in a different environment. Yeah. Awesome. Well, let's rewind a few months. Let's pretend it's October. You're, you're kind of in the middle of yeah. that uh, conference yeah. season. Walk me through what a typical week's going to look like for your players in terms of when is training, meals, practices, uh, classes, games, all that kind of stuff. Right. So for us, um, our, our, our general schedule uh, in conference is Friday, Sunday. Um, and whether, you know, you're at home or away for those two fixtures just depends on, on the week. Uh, but for instance, for a home week, uh, we we'd typically be off on that Monday. So the guys, you know, usually try to schedule a lot of classes on that day. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is, is preparation for the next match. You know, it starts with a recovery on Tuesday. So that, that group of players that played, you know, 45 minutes or more is still kind of in a recovery mode. So uh, we'll get in for a recovery lifting circuit. Uh, we'll go out to train guys that did and play a lot of minutes, we'll probably have a heavier load. Uh, Wednesday, Thursday is the, are the main training days in preparation for Friday's match. And then and then Friday, we're we're into the, the match weekend with, with a recovery on Saturday. Usually we practice in the afternoon, so guys manage their classes in the morning. Um, and then we'll have like a two to six window where we'll knock out our team video. We'll be in the weight room. We'll do our activation. Maybe there's another team meeting or, or individual player meetings that happen in that time frame. Um, and then and, and then they have the nights of themselves, you know, and and that that's a typical during the season week because really there's just so many matches in such a short amount of time. There's only so much you can do, 
right? So I think right now they're they're training at a harder level because we're training four times a week, you know, at a high tempo versus two or three during the season because really you're in re rest recovery mode. Um, but, you know, we like I said, we manage what we need to do as a team in that two to six time frame and the rest of the time the guys are in classes and, and doing what they need to do academically. Okay. Well, let's talk a little bit more about the team soccer side of things. You know, we talked recruiting, but is there a roster size that you feel is ideal that you guys are trying to hit each year? Yeah, usually in that 28 to 30, I think it's healthy. If you get more than 30, that's great, but you got, you got a lot of extra problems and you're trying to keep more guys happy that, that necessarily aren't playing. And um, can you really give everybody that attention that you need? Um, and then if you kind of get below 28, then Couple of, you're you're a few injuries away to to not being able to go 11 v 11 at training, and uh, you got to get add in the goalkeepers as well. So I think anything between that 20 and 30 mark is is probably a healthy roster size. Um, and you know we're 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 competitive, and and if we bring in extra guys, tough decisions might have to be made. You know the expectation is here to win, and and we're given the resources to do so. And and I think it's 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 highly competitive. You know we. We go up against some good teams. I mean, when you got to play Saginaw Valley twice a year, you know, Parkside's same thing twice a year and and they're perennial, you know, you've you've got to be competitive. And, and I think that's the edge that we're trying to find this this winter and understand that, you know, playing time's not guaranteed and and we're always going to be trying to bring in new players. And, and I think the more the word gets out about how cool this university is, um, there's going to be more soccer players that are at a high level that are interested and, and they're going to push our guys to get better for sure. Yeah. Well, we talk about roster, but the other part of the roster is the staff. So besides yourself as the head man, tell me more about your staff, what roles people sure. play. Are there other support staff in the athletic department that help out with the team? What's that all look like? Yeah, so we're lucky enough to have a full-time assistant. I actually just hired a new one. Um, Adam was the previous one who, who took a, an opportunity, you know, as, a, as an assistant coach, you got to take those those next steps. So uh, in the offseason, we we had some some interviews for the assistant coach position and Chance kind of stuck out. He played in the GLIAC. He was at another Division II institution this year, um, also was a head coach at the junior college level. So a lot of experience in recruiting and and obviously managing a team himself. So uh, he's he's still getting used to things. He's been up here a couple of weeks now. We started training last week, so he's definitely fitting right in. And then we've got a you know additional uh, volunteer goalkeeper coach that kind of services both the men and the women's teams, trains the goalkeepers, and uh, they're part of both staffs. Um, and then that that's us in terms of our staff and within the men's soccer program. But we have a lot of sports staff within the administration and within the rec program as well. So um, there's there's more than enough people to assist. And I think what's great as well is um, the emphasis on our strength and conditioning program that they've put uh, with two two full time strength trainers. One that's dedicated to our team, which is fantastic because it's a big part of what we do in the offseason. So, um, yeah, we're fully staffed here. And, and I think we're we're ahead of a lot of teams in terms of resources that we get um, to have a full-time assistant at a chance of position. So we're excited about that. We're excited about, you know, moving the team forward with, um, with kind of a new staff as well as players. We brought some new players in for the wintertime. So yeah, it's a little bit of a different look, but we're excited about the steps we've made going forward. Good. Well, not on to you though. How would you describe your coaching style, style of play you're looking to implement yeah. kind of that culture of the team? Well, first off, I want to have a relationship with my players. I think that's probably the, the best way to get the most out of them. Um, they've come a long way. They've they've committed. They've left their families. Nobody's from the UP currently on the roster. So um, 
I want to make sure that they they understand they're 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 cared for, they're looked after, even if they're not a guy that's playing every game or starting every game or a 90 minute player. So I want players one through 30 all to know that that I care about them as as young men because um that's part of the process. You know, it's it's college soccer, we're here to win and that's the expectation, but they're also young men as well that we have an opportunity to influence in, in a positive way. And so that's that's part of how we coach relationship based. But in terms of the demands of training, um, the expectation is very high. Number one, we want to keep keep possession of the ball. We're not really a direct team that wants to give up the ball. We want to be dictating the play. We want to be managing the ball. And that takes a really uh, special player, both technically from a discipline standpoint, fitness wise, to keep a ball for a long time. So the expectation is that they're they're technically proficient on the ball and can keep it. Um, and then defensively, you know, there, there's no break for anybody. No one's got a free roll and, and isn't part of that defensive mode. And so can we win it right back if we lose it? Like, what's the what's the mentality to win it right back? And uh, and if we can't win it right back, can we be smart, be compact, take our moment to to try to rest and and get the ball back when it makes sense? Um, those those are expectations. And and I think from from a training perspective, I would rather work on those functional pieces of the game in a full sided 8v6, 9v7, any day of the week versus playing non-directional possession or playing rondos and, and working on little tiki taka things. For me, that's not really, those are warm-ups. Those are ways to improve your technique a little bit. For, but for us, the functions in which the game operates, we I would prefer to train those in, in like a half, half field or 75% field um, versus, like I said, rondos or technical work. That's like not, that's not my my thing, and and I, and I think that's where where chances really excelled is he takes that part of the game that's necessary, creative technical work patterns, passing patterns, rondos, things that kind of get the fast switch muscles going in terms of possession. You know, Chance has done a great job with that. So I think we balance each other pretty well in terms of how we coach on the field. And um, but that that's that's the mentality in our our training environment is we want to train realistically and not train things that don't really match how we're going to ask them to perform in the match. And, and that's, that's what we work on day in and day out. And, and uh, you know, it's a new group. The winter is always different, as you know, because you've lost some senior leadership and they're still jockeying to see who's, who's the next guy. So, uh, but the guys have come in and, and pretty good shape and have, have really been good the first couple of weeks. So we'll see what happens week three. We start tonight. So we'll see what it's like. Awesome. Well, Coach, you've given us a bunch of good insights and and told us a lot about the school. I got one last question for you, uh, sure. and that's if you had one piece of advice, one nugget of information that you would love all families, players going through this recruiting process to know, what would that be? Um, yeah, Oof, there's a lot to know. So you know, bringing it down to one thing is difficult. <laughs> but what I'll say is, don't close any doors. There's so many opportunities to play soccer at the collegiate level. Um, so don't pigeonhole yourself to the dream of playing for Notre Dame or for Clemson. Those are great schools and you should reach for the stars, but uh, institutions like ourselves that are still playing at a high level, uh, but even even more so at the junior college and NAIA. And um, there's there's a lot of levels for guys to play. And I think we get caught up in in the big schools and maybe we miss out on, on really great opportunities because we've got our eye on the prize. So go for the best teams. If you can make the Notre Dame roster and play for them, I mean, that's awesome. And you should go for that if, if that's your goal. But being realistic and where you are and 
and and not closing any doors because there's a lot of great coaches out there. There's a lot of unique universities uh, and and a lot of different experiences. And I think that's that's what uh, I've dem- been able to demonstrate today. I think is that you come to Northern Michigan, it's a different life. It's a different collegiate life, and it's a different experience. And so you're going to get that at d- different schools and in different areas of the of the country. Um, but don't you you might miss those looking at the big the, the big name walking by. And and I think that's that's my message to to all those young players out there that are looking to play at the collegiate level is do your research, look at all the schools, look at all the levels and, and don't close any doors. A player that or a coach that reaches out is interested in you as a player. Um, you know, you should listen, listen closely and, and see if that's a place that you might want to play. Yeah, absolutely. Great advice. Well, coach, really appreciate the time. Wish you the best of luck uh, here in the off season and for next fall. And uh, good luck uh, braving that northern Michigan winter. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, we're having a mild one. It's been in the forties. So oh, it's not all snow. Yeah. It's not, it's not all snow. Hey man, it's, hey, it's, it's, it's 57 in Bradenton today. And I'm so, yeah. I mean, I, I got to get the gloves on. It's, it's cold. Yeah. Out. Get your gloves on. Get, <laughs> get your gloves on. Matt, well, I appreciate the time. Take best of luck to you. Take care. I appreciate it. And we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Hi, everybody. It's Matt from Discover College Soccer. I hope you're enjoying the podcast, whether that's on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. I also wanted to let you know about the Discover College Soccer study table. This is our brand new online portal that is complete with a 14-part online course giving you all of the ins and outs of the college soccer recruiting process. There's also a wealth of resources such as checklists, templates. There's the spreadsheets that have every soccer program in the country along with their coaches their contact information their social media information uh, some basic stats about the school and more plus there's an online community where you can ask your questions share your wins your losses any questions that you may have around the college soccer recruiting process it's all there at the discover college soccer study table that you can find at discovercollegesoccer.com study table and hopefully we will see you there